All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Dedicated to the Craft. This week, we're talking quality. I'm bringing on Lauren and Matt from our quality team, and then we're going to bring Chewy back on so that we can talk a little beer pairing. He has another recipe for you all to try at home. So let's crack open a beer and let's get this thing started. So it's about that time where we uh, brought in our good friend Lauren, who is the VP of quality at Ballas Point Brewing Company, and Matt, who is a field quality manager. So we're going to have a little chit chat with them about how to get the job done. So let's get dedicated to the quality. Ah. Oh. Love that sound. It's so nice. It's like ohm. It's like ohm for, for boozers. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a beautiful sound. And to tell you the truth, I can hear it like miles away. Yeah, it's like a there's bad a signal. Yeah, there's a cat. There's a can. How's it going? How are you doing? It's so good to see you. You too. What doing are you sleeping on? Got chatting with you guys, so couldn't be happier. Hey, that's what it's all about. That's what this show is all about. Matt, what are you sipping on? A little granion. Ooh, good uh, call. Uh, there it is. Very nice. Well, I just the other pale ale that we might be talking about later. Oh, we're gonna get into it for sure. We have to. We have to talk about granion. There's a few beers on our list that you know, besides Sculpin, that you can't really have a good conversation about Ballast Point if you don't mention those particular beers. And uh, what I just cracked open was a little Aloha Sculpin which I thought was going to be a good little beer to chit-chat about, considering what you do. And we'll get into that as soon as I pour this beautiful, tropical, citrusy, hazy version of our flagship Sculpin. Damn, that was a horrible beer. Pour. Look at that. Mm, quality? The, the aroma. It's I wanted uh-huh. that much more aroma. Mm. Well, hey, listen, thank you for being on the show. I'm really excited to talk to you about because – Quality is the name of the game. And I I wanted to get to, I want everybody to get to know you a little bit better. So Lauren, you're the VP of quality. I've known you for a long time. You're one of the first faces that I saw when I started working at Ballast Point back in 2012. I'll never, I'll never forget that. And um, you have a, you, you have a, you, you're a bona fide badass. You're a bona fide badass. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the craft beer industry. What brought you here? Well, that title is new to me, but uh, thanks. Yeah, I remember meeting you too back in 2012. It's been about seven and a half years. Um, Yeah, honestly, I stumbled upon this industry by luck. I have kind of one of those origin stories that I think a lot of people in the industry have that I was a college kid just trying to learn as much as I could about craft beer. Once I had my first sip, I learned that there's so much variation possible and it was so beautiful how many flavors could be created. Um, so I went to school back up in uh, at UC Berkeley and then when I was done with school, moved back down to San Diego where I was born and raised. Um, And really I was just looking for a volunteer position or an internship, unpaid, what have you, at any brewery that would take me. Um, Obviously Bell's Point was top of my list because they had such a great reputation. But I emailed the president at the time, he brought me in for an interview and he brought me on basically as a paid intern. And I got to learn the ropes at Bell's Point and that turned into a full-time job and 
that was back when our lab team was a team of one. And I got to really just grow and, and learn with Ballast Point as we continued to grow exponentially during that time. And uh, the industry was booming and the team is, is and has always been just so amazing, just full of such a great energy. Um, it's been an amazing ride. Um, so you went to Berkeley where there's no, were people wearing shoes or, or had people started putting shoes on um, at the time when you were in school? Yeah, I know there's a lot of, maybe 50, 50 a, lot by of then. a lot of hacky sacks and hemp. <laughs> so that, that's pretty cool. And uh, you are a dive master. Is that, is that a rumor that uh, I heard? That is true. That is the thing that I do. I love to scuba dive. Um, being from San Diego, it's been, you know, you grow up by the water. Even if you live inland, if you tell people you're from San Diego, they automatically assume that you surf. Um, and I don't, but I still love the water and love the, the creatures underneath it. And it's it's amazing. It's an adventure every single time. <laughs> I actually knew you were a dive master, and that's why I called you a bona fide badass. Maddie, Matt, what's up? Look at that. Look at your hair. I love your hair. Um, how are you, my friend? Why don't you tell us Dandy. a little bit? <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in Ballast Point? Um, a little bit about you and what what the focus has been uh, on your end of things for the last few years. Uh, right. So, uh, somewhat similar in terms of happy accident, like Lauren mentioned just now. Uh, I, my background is biology and biochemistry and biotechnology and for a while through college and after college, I was working at uh, various different um, academic labs and also biotech companies in San Diego and uh, doing all the biology research and development, um, different parts of human disease and um, potential therapeutics and medicines uh, that we were doing. And I really, really did not like it. Uh, it wasn't hmm. for me. Every time I was either on the bench at the in the lab of the biotech company or on my computer at the biotech company, I was, you know, distracted or fantasizing about beer and home brewing and one day being able to work for a brewery that actually, uh, that actually loved. And like many people, I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, you write a little resume and you, and you think that you've got all the beer skills possible after making two batches of homebrew and you send it to the world. And uh, crickets came back for quite a while, uh, but I did <laughs> enroll in the UCSD brewing program, the UC San Diego brewing program extension, and uh, that really helped quite a bit. Uh, I was in the among the first cohorts that program uh, when it launched five, six years ago, I guess. And, oh, Brad. Uh, that I was able to meet quite a few people, including um, Lauren actually in uh, in the program and others as well. And from there, I found out about an opening at Ballast Point and uh, applied right away. And uh, probably to the chagrin of Lauren and others, they said, yeah, well, we'll give you a chance. Yeah, why not? And, uh, not true. <laughs> There's no chagrin involved. <laughs> and uh, so I started, um, I wasn't the first, but I was among the first few uh, lab folks at Ballast Point uh, back in 2013, I guess, technically. And then about a year and a year and a half of doing that, both at our uh, Scripps Ranch production facility, when we have Ooh. that, and then our Miramar facility, which we are currently at as our main production facility. 
uh, doing the day-to-day quality control in the lab and interacting with brewing and cellar and, and everything that goes into producing consistent, high-quality batches of beer every single day of the week. Uh, and, and then we were 24-7 operation because we, we just were, like Lauren said, growing exponentially and just you know needed to make sure that as sales were growing, here's my hand signals, that quality is right behind it, if not ahead of the sales. Uh, and so that essentially meant we need to learn everything that we possibly can about our beer. And uh, not because we are just, you know, nerdy scientists, but it's because we want to uh, figure out ways to make consistent batches of beer that taste like they should every single time. So quality consistency was the name of the game. And uh, about a year and a half of, of helping out in the lab, I was asking all these annoying questions to whomever was w- willing to listen. What happens to every after it leaves the brewery? Uh, where does it go? What happens if it doesn't <laughs> taste like it does? Is it stored properly? Is it rotated? And all these things that I was asking. And everyone just said, Matt, you know, you need to calm down. Probably shut up. And uh, <laughs> and I think it was Lauren and a couple others that said, Matt, if you really do care about this, why don't you write it down? And, you know, and like write a journal or something. And so I wrote this proposal and uh, and said that we need a we need a field quality program. Like we, we need it. Like we, that is we awesome. need to learn about what's going on with our beer after it leaves the brewery. And that was about five years ago. And ever since I've been um, helping to run our field quality program. And uh, in the new era of Ballast Point in uh, April of 2020, we are uh, among all the craziness that's happening in the world right now. We are. Uh, expanding our program and looking to, uh, you know, uh, do even more with field quality and quality as a whole. So five years into this and and uh, looking to do field quality for Ballast Point for at least another five plus years. I, I just want to jump side. in there. I think you can tell that Matt's humor is just slightly on the uh, in the realm of self-deprecation. <laughs> 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 We, you know, our quality program has really been historically designed over several pillars. You know, we care about fermentation, we care about packaging analysis, we care about microbiology, sensory, all these things. Um, But Matt really saw a need to expand our program to add an entirely new pillar of field quality. And he saw this need and really pursued it and helped really just generate this program that not only was something that proved extremely beneficial to our brewery and our quality, but was also just through and through, 100% of the time, tried and true, dedicated to the values that Ballast Point has and has always had, which is just being dedicated to education, to the craft, whatever that like entails to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, Matt, you deserve a little bit more credit for designing this program, and it's still alive and well today. And it's still growing. A bunch more credit, Matt. How dare you? And you know what? What's <laughs> funny? What's funny about uh, your particular gig, Matt, in the journey of beer, as for when it leaves our facility, that there's a lot of other things that can go wrong, and that's where Matt comes into play. Where you're out there making sure that what's in people's hands, what people are ordering, um, that that is what we want it to taste like. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good point, and I and. To that point is uh, even myself a few years ago. I I there's a, there's so much I did not know about beer distribution, beer sales, and uh, the three tier system in general. And after learning all that, and uh, just like our internal quality program, and learning more about 
our beer, our ingredients, and our processes, uh, we had to do the same for the field, for the external. So once the beer leaves the brewery, what actually happens to it? And learn everything we possibly can so that find the parts that we actually can control, make some standards and some checklists, and then adhere to them. Um, not just for us, but then uh, use uh, education as our, as our pillar, as our tool to help make improvements throughout the three-tier system. So once beer leaves the brewery, it goes on a refrigerator truck to a distributor, it goes uh, to the warehouse, and we make sure that we're, uh, make, we're good business partners with our distributors and we're, uh, we've got the right beer and the right amount and the, the, in code and rotated and perfect and everything, which way at the distributor. Then it gets delivered to retail and we do more checks there. But ultimately, it's, it's not to just audit and, and survey and, and get people in trouble because you're not, you know, ballast point quality. It's not you look mean, though. So you're, you're a good guy to do it, just to walk in there and be like, yeah, hey. That's, just, that's usually yeah. the reaction I get. It's, oh, man, you're so mean. You're so intimidating, Matt. Oh, well, for anybody... For anybody, hair that you have. Oh no, it's just uh, it's beautiful. I'm telling you. But that's the idea is is to use education and to train folks about uh, the mystery that that uh, I think is out there in terms of of distribution in general and the fact that there's so many steps and so many people involved uh, with beer distribution that it requires a constant uh, training and uh, reminders of what it is that uh, we want as a brewery to. Uh, so that a customer is able to get that wherever they live around the country, whether it's San Diego or New York City or around the world, if possible, uh, is the idea is that is follow the beer and make improvements along the way. And then, you know, be open to feedback so that we can understand what's happening to our beer everywhere and right. uh, make improvements along those lines as well. So to any bar owner or any um, front of the house beer tender, um, what would you suggest are some of the best practices for, let's say, draft line maintenance uh, to ensure that our product is tasting the way it's supposed to be tasting? Yeah, it's a good question. So uh, I think the common misnomer or misconception that I get, even from my own family, is that all I do is go to bars and drink beer for a living. Uh, and while sensory is an important part of the job, that is not all that I do. Uh, but when it does come to draft quality, so beer being poured through a draft system, like a keg on tap, for example, which we uh, call on-premise, uh, is there's a lot that goes into what that and a lot of possibilities of things going wrong. So uh, keep your beer cold, make sure it's fresh, check our date codes on our keg collars. We have the package on date, just like on the bottom of cans and, uh, oh, look at that. and bottles. We have our date code on there as well. Uh, keep it cold, keep it fresh, keep it rotated. For draft specifically, there's a, so much that, that goes into it. So there is a draft beer quality manual uh, from the Brewers Association that I'm plugging right now, and everyone should go to draftquality.org. That's D-R-A-U-G-H-T, uh, quality.org, fancy. Uh, and there is a plethora of free information on there, including the uh, draft quality manual that uh, dives into everything you need to know about uh, cleaning lines, cleaning couplers, so the things that attach to the kegs, cleaning the faucets, the thing that actually pours the beer right before into the glass, yeah. keeping your glass beer clean, and then what kind of maintenance and system uh, checks you need to be doing regularly. And right now, with essentially on-premise and bars and restaurants essentially temporarily closed. Uh, A lot of time to clean. 
a lot of time to clean, a lot of deep cleaning. And the cool thing about it is that uh, if you are an owner of a bar or you have your favorite local uh, tasting room nearby, uh, is that these folks are, you know, they've got some materials and some information to uh, know what to do when green lights go back on. You can uh, clean and get that beer to pour through and taste like it should. Very cool. And we'll put that in the show notes too, uh, that that link so that everybody can go in there and get their uh, draft maintenance on um dude you're doing you're, you're doing good work out there man and you're 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 integral to this whole system lauren um you've you've done a lot of work to build this quality program um to what it is now and i think we are at world class when it comes to the systems that we have set in place to make sure the beer's uh being uh packaged and served the best way possible one of the things that i wanted to ask you um that maybe some people are neither here nor there about it. They haven't really maybe even given thought to uh, putting up a lab or, or, or starting a quality team at their brewers. Um, let's talk a little bit about why, why it's important to have a good quality program set in place in the first place. Like, why does it matter? Well, there's a lot of different definitions of quality that mean different things to different people and different breweries. But at the end of the day, you are pouring your passion and your heart into making a beer, into formulating a recipe, filtering it, whichever way you want, packaging it however way you want. And you are making something that you're really proud of. So you should also, as part of that pride, really want to make sure that the next time you make something like that, or you make that same brand, it should taste the exact same. Um, and it's, it extends out larger than the pride that you have in your own work and your own product. It's what customers have come to expect. So you can look at quality in terms of here's this brand of beer that I have made as the brewmaster or what have you. And I need it to taste exactly the way that I expect it to. There's also kind of the other side of that spectrum where it's the same scenario, but it's the customers. The customers need to consistently, every single time that they reach for this beer, order this beer, this brand, it should taste the same way every single time. And really the only way that you can do that is to focus on quality. It doesn't really matter if your beer has won a gold medal at some kind of competition. If you can't make sure that that beer tastes like the medal winning beer every single time that you make it in the future. Right. No, I think that's not, I think that's perfect, uh, a perfect outlook onto why it matters. And it's it's a little it, it kind of leads uh, or lends itself to to answer the question that was coming from a lot of people. Uh, you know, we've had Ballas Point has had a weird roller coaster ride as far as our history is concerned. And, and, and one of the things that everybody was shouting at the top of the hill, right, everybody wanted to get on their soapbox and talk about the quality is like, we think it's changed or oh, that doesn't taste the same or what happened to the quality? I mean, you just, you could take a, a, a you can go down the, the rabbit hole on the, on the comment section and I have. Um, quality is always this thing. It's always this thing like, where's the quality? Where's the quality? What would you say, what would you and Matt say to anybody that uh, is curious as to if we've diminished in our, in our quality? Yeah, so I've, I have kind of restrained myself from going down the rabbit hole completely. Um, but definitely have heard those claims that, you know, through our various ownership 
phases. Um, quality has been a roller coaster, as you said, or has gone down. Um, as someone who has known exactly what our recipes are, exactly what ingredients go into our beers, exactly who is making those beers and making sure that they're high quality, I can tell you that our quality has never diminished. Um, if anything, we've had the blessing of time to learn how to actually improve our quality. Um, we've had more resources over the time. We have a team of just amazing, brilliant scientists that are way smarter than I am, that if you just give them time and resources, they will figure out really innovative, amazing ways to make our beer more consistent every single time that a customer has it. So I would actually say that our quality has increased or gotten better um, because of the team that's responsible for making it. You know, at these beer dinners, it's just one of those, it's just one of those funny things to bring up because everybody gets a chuckle when I tell them, actually, it's actually been the most consistent that it's ever been. And then everybody just kind of gets buzzed and, and forgets about it and we all have a good time. Um, <laughs> well, the cool thing about that, Jeff, is that uh, the, in terms of consistency alone, and that if that's the one uh, earmark of quality, then that's a big one, right? And there's been a few bars, even here in San Diego, that uh, with all the options available and all the variety out there and the constant changing door of, of new beers coming their way, a, a bar manager will come to me and say, hey, like I, I tried XYZ beers as a one-off, but it just wasn't, it wasn't trustworthy enough. And I needed something that I can trust, I didn't have to worry about. And you know, maybe it's a bit more expensive, but they had to put Sculpin or Grapefruit Sculpin on or Aloha Sculpin on because they're like, I, I need something that I don't need to worry about. Uh, and uh, it's, it's comforting to know that, especially now when folks are stocking up on groceries and yeah. packaged beer for their fridges at home, yeah. that we're going for something that we actually trust and we, we don't have to worry about. We, it's not a time to take risks right now. It's not a yes. time to, yes. to take chances. It's like, all right, what, what, what do I know? All right, I balance my seat. All right, great. I whatever. I'm just put it in my shopping cart and I gotta get out of here. All right, yeah. let's go. <laughs> yeah, you you wanna get in and out and you're reaching for that brand that you know it's tested, tried, and proven. And just know that you can choose whatever you want, but we have a system set in place that makes us um feel really comfortable about you purchasing our product and then you can take that product and then you can go home and you can go online and you can look at a recipe that you want to pair that beer with and with that i think it's going to be a good time to bring on chewy our sous chef who has devised and written up a nice recipe for for everyone listening and everyone at home to get down on so let's go ahead and bring on chewy chewy hey guys, how, you how are you doing Great, great. What's up, Chewy? Out. Yeah, Chewy. Hey, Lorraine. How's everybody? Cheers. Oh, solid, baby. Solid. It's quite the chalice you have there. <laughs> there we go. What are you, a prince? <laughs> um, well, um, Chewy, I was just telling Matt and Lauren about, you know, when we do our beer pairings and we set up these beer dinners, it's really nice to know that our beer is always consistent and it's always you know, it's it, it's going to be exactly what we expected when when it hits our our guests' mouths. You know, and that's something that you and me both feel really relieved. 
And when we make a pairing, we're not we're not accidentally pouring something that's out of spec or anything like that. So that's where Lauren, uh, Matt, and their team come into the game and really make our jobs a little easier when we're trying to do these cool, uh, elaborate beer dinners. But because we can't do them right now, we're really not supposed to be getting together. We are going to go into a, a segment where we bring beer dinners to you, the listeners. And the general idea behind the the beer suggestions and the the food, the entree suggestions, is not only if they pair well, but what can people do at home right now and not really have to run out to the grocery store and put themselves in any sort of of, of uh, in a compromising environment? Maybe you have most of this in your uh, in your kitchen already. So, um, Chewy. We're pairing it with the Swing Friars Ale, the official beer of the San Diego Padres, which is pretty rad. Hi, everybody. So, yeah, today we're going to work. Uh, we put together a recipe, simple recipe. What we're trying to do here is, you know, using ingredients that we have at home, like like I said last time. Uh, something easy, speci specifically for this beer, you know, uh, the Friars. It's really like Swinging Friars Ale. All right. Exactly, man. So, uh, the beer is, uh, we have a lot of room to work with it because uh, it has like, it's so rich on the flavors. So, uh, specifically the chicken, the grilled chicken, you know, the chart of the chicken gives a nice flavor in it. So, adding the chipotle, uh, all the little spices that we use, uh, everybody is going to have those spices at home. I'm pretty sure everybody has those spices, really simple things, you know, like cumin, paprika, garlic, and stuff like that. So, uh, we try to put together like this kind of recipes that we, uh, they're gonna be so easy to put it together for everybody. And uh, if just in case you you don't you don't have a grill at home, so you can still do it on the pan. Uh, obviously, uh, it's not gonna be the same flavor of the chart from the chicken, but uh, still, it's gonna be amazing. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. So it's a grilled swinging fryers ale chipotle marinated chicken with cheddar baked potatoes. Exactly, man. So, dude, Matt, why don't we start with a few flavor notes? When it comes to Swingin' Friars Ale, what can you tell us about that beer? Uh, yeah, so Swingin' Friar Ale, uh, even though everyone around the world, I'm assuming, is listening to this podcast, it is only everyone. for San Diego uh, <laughs> because it is the official beer for the San Diego Padres. Uh, they came out to us, approached us, and asked us to make a beer, and uh, we did. And it's a very straightforward but very crushable pale ale five and a half percent uh all pearls and malts all simcoe hops so because of that simplicity you get a lot of uh citrus zest some other pine flavors but overall it's just a well-balanced fairly hoppy but easy drinking pale ale that you can have uh 20 ounces of if the padres are winning and probably 40 ounces of when they do play and they may not win. Oh yeah, other than 40, 40 August, ounces all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I love this beer. I actually love this as a beer, uh, as a food pairing beer. Although I can drink it on its own and really enjoy it. I think we're I think what we what we did was we struck this beautiful medium. Um, it's it's catering to the hop heads, they're not disappointed, and it's also in this weird approachable um area where if you're just trying to get into the west coast are you you really maybe not are not too familiar with the west coast style ipas it, it's not taking you all the way there it's a nice little teaser um what do you think lauren do you like this beer yeah of course i love this beer um this is definitely one of my go-to's um 
you know, with the quarantine right now, I'm unfortunately out, but this is pretty much at any time, at any day, if you open my refrigerator, you're going to find this beer. Um, it's really just good for any occasion. Um, I'm not a huge foodie, so I'm super excited to try it with a food pairing. Um, but it's really, I can just have it any time, honestly, at any hour of the day, but we'll, you know, professionally speaking, that's a weekend thing. Yeah, yeah, eight eight a.m. Yeah, you know, <laughs> nine a.m. If you if you you know, um, let's do noon. Let's do lunchtime. Yeah, I really love this. I, I like this rendition of a of, of a pale ale. It really speaks West Coast, but really, what it does, it speaks Ballast Point. It's one of those things where, in my experience, and I don't know about any of you guys, when you drink this beer, you can pretty much tell that you're drinking a Ballast Point beer. I get that with breweries like Sierra Nevada. I get that with breweries like Firestone you just, they have their little signature. And I think this beer really showcases our signature really well. Um, Chewy, What's citrus, up? we're getting zest. We're, we're, it's nice and hoppy, it's crisp, it's crushable. What what flavors are we working with here when it comes to the Chipotle chicken? Well, like, you know, like, like I told you before, this beer is amazing and it gives you a lot of room to work with. So uh, items like the chicken, uh, you can add any kind of flavor, specifically the chipotle right now. It's, uh, it's amazing. The garlic, it's, uh, it has a little like ingredient. So all together, the, the pairing, it comes out like perfectly. You know, uh, it's not even that spicy. So the recipe is for, that we display for uh, for this uh, this event. It's it's enough for four people. So our, our, we're planning everything. Every single recipe is going for four people. So that's why you're going to see uh, uh, extra items over here. But, uh, and, uh, uh, what we're trying to do is like just put together food for the whole family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I've noticed that in the way that you've been structuring your recipes. And when we talk about beer pairings, um, this this time specifically about how, you know, you want to be feeding your family. You still want to be having fun, too. You want to hone your, your, your culinary skills, but you also want to be drinking beer and expanding your, your taste buds that way. Um, one, so one of the things that I like that you're doing, Chewy, with all these is that although we're not going to be incorporating beer into all the recipes. You did incorporate beer into this one, right? There's actual Swinging Friars Ale in the recipe or suggested. I did actually, you know, I put some beer on the recipe. So like, uh, and then the marinated. So uh, I marinated for around like six hours today. This this morning, I, I put some beer on it, all the spices all together. So the chicken comes out like super juicy, uh, super tender. So uh, even on the outside, it's like nice and sharp. So it's uh, it's amazing. You know, the beer, uh, the carbonation of the beer helps into the chicken. So it, you know, holds the flavor. So pretty good. Yeah, and then you're gonna follow it up with a nice loaded baked potato, Idaho potato, yeah. bacon. Always. What else do you got in there? You got bacon, shredded cheese, cheddar cheese, bacon. You can be creative. You know, we just try to put some ingredients that we have at home. So like bacon. A sour cream, cheddar cheese, but you can also put like a uh, loaded with some like uh, ground beef if you want instead of bacon. So you can just like it's limitless. So you can add whatever you want. There's a lot of there's a lot of flavors here that are going to be complementing each other. There's a lot of flavor components that I can already tell are going to be kind of cut by the by the the bitterness of the beer, um, the little the little bit of sweetness coming from the malt uh, profile of the beer, and some of it, there's a lot going on here. And one of the things that I love about really kind of paying attention to your 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 senses when you're pairing 
beer um, and some of and, and an entree or a dessert or an appetizer is what you can get out, what gets heightened, because a lot of the things here are going to vanish because of just the natural flavor components of the beer. And some things that you might not notice if you were not drinking anything with it are going to actually come out to play because they, they get accentuated by muting other other flavor components um, when you start to pair the beer with the dish, right? Exactly. So yeah, uh, like I told you, Friars, uh, it's amazing beer. You know, the, it's really sweet. It's uh, uh, it comes, it pairs perfectly with the garlic and the chipotle. You know, the whole recipe. Uh, we didn't add. I didn't add that much uh, chipotle sauce, uh, but obviously, you can always put some, put some chipotle into the sour cream and add it into the uh, uh, potato. So that's going to be an extra kick uh, on the flavors. But uh, amazing, you know. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think this is a perfect. You know, chipotle chicken and cheddar baked potatoes. Just you want to pair that with a with a with something like swinging fryers ale. It just screams like, all right, let's go outside, um, backyard, and uh, and maybe outside means your kitchen at this point. But really, kind of get like start you know some summer summertime grilling and stuff like that. It kind of it kind of even though you can't be outside, at least you're eating like you would be outside. Um, so this is, this is a really awesome recipe. We're going to post this recipe up for everyone listening. Anybody uh, that follows us on our social media outlets, it will be there for you guys to, to cut copy and, uh, and try in the vicinity of your own home, have some fun with it, get creative. What I've been telling everybody since episode one, when we did the Mac and cheese is try to cook it at home, cook it at home. And if you tweak it, you know, let us know. Follow, uh, tag us at uh, Ballast Point Brewing Company on Instagram, uh, uh, Facebook. Just let have some fun with it. Um, Chewy, one of the things that also that I wanted to, to to talk about before we exited this little segment was uh, the great work that you and your team are doing, especially for the employees of of Ballast Point as of lately. I know it's been a lot of work, but what you guys have done is uh, you guys have set up a pretty cool program for for the employees as far as uh, getting our groceries, right? Yeah, correct. So, like, the whole company right now, locations like Long Beach and Miramar, they're putting together this program about, like, getting groceries from uh, our locations. So they're going to be our, like, really cheap because uh, our vendors are in the same situation that we are right now. They're not selling that much items, so uh, they're being really nice with us. So uh, they give us the product, literally, like, food costs, and then we just, like, bring it to the people, to the team. Uh, uh, it's amazing, man. You know, this is really cheap. You're gonna be able to get like items, and with no need to go to the grocery store and get uh, maybe get sick out there because you know it's it's kind of crazy right now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Matt, Lauren, have you have you taken advantage of any of that grocery shopping? Uh, personally, I have not, but I got to help spread the word and just see people's faces light up when they got to hear about this really cool program. Um, employees are definitely super appreciative and a lot of people um, are taking advantage of it. It's, it's a great thing to do. It's a great thing to support our vendor, our community, and keep our employees safe. How about yeah. you, Matt? Uh, no, I have not yet either, but I got to say, between this program that we're doing for Ballast Point employees and some of the other things in the last few weeks, I mean, the month of March was five months long, it seemed like, and uh, the amount of of uh, things that Ballast Point's doing both internally for our employees and then just externally for the community uh, during this incredible time has been pr rather impressive, actually. I gotta say, um, 
I haven't done the the grocery at Miramar yet, but I saw the list. I'm I'm making a short one, so I'll probably do it next round. I've just been seeing so many people doing some really cool things, and in in the name of, you know, just being a good person, being a good Samaritan, being a good company. And Ballast Point and our our new leadership has really stepped up to the plate to show us that they care. And that's something that I think that we're going to be able to take away, you know, whenever this ends, but this is going to be for the rest of the rest of our lives, you know? Absolutely. Hey, I got to not to go back in the other direction, Jeff. I'm sorry. You can, you can take it any direction you want, man. Look at your hair. Yeah, it's wavy. It's uh, gorgeous. It's, it's podcast hair, apparently. Yeah. Um, I'm argue with you. for a radio. Chu, uh, I got a question. You're talking about the dish and uh, it, you know, maybe being spicy for those of us that get a little heavy handed with our heat levels. Uh, what's your. Uh, how do you think that helps with the pairing of Swing and Fryer Ale? Um, yeah, and actually, the other not, IPAs of ours. Yeah, correct. Yeah, actually, it's not that spicy. You know, it uh, you can taste the flavor of the chipotle in this case, but it's not even spicy. Uh, that's the option. Is like adding more chipotle, and it's obviously it's going to be a little more spicy. But uh, this is the you know the great thing about with these recipes, you play around with them, and then you put it together the way you want it. You want you like spicy, you can add a little bit more, but the whole recipe comes uh, um, comes out like perfectly. No, not 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 that spicy, and uh, also the sweetness of the beer it helps a lot. You know, you, you don't even notice, but it, it helps a lot. It's a, it's a perfect pairing with the chipotle and the chicken, and although like nice sweet from the from the Friars beer. Yeah, good call. I I was eating some habanero ghost pepper dip early today and almost oh. got myself uh, hiccups, and I have a swinging for our ale to calm my. <laughs> You're yeah, eating no. ghost. You're eating ghost peppers, and then you're inquiring about the chipotle. You're like, "Hey, is this gonna be too hot for me?" Yeah. Like, you're eating ghost peppers, Matt. You never know. You can be <laughs> creative at home and add ghost peppers to your chipotle chicken. I don't know, man. Hey, man, we're oh. Mexican, bro. They didn't. They wouldn't let me QC the habanero sculpin because I'd be like, "Ah, it needs a little bit more," and people were just like, red in the face." Yeah, like more. drinking <laughs> gallons of milk. More. Yeah. Hey, man, yeah. it's 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 in our it's in our it's in our DNA. Um, so yeah, everybody try that at home. Like I said, let us know how it turns out. Um, a couple of other things, um, few, a little bit of BP news before we, before we log off. Uh, listen, there's no draft business right now. So we're offering a 50, we're offering 50% off of select kegs, including Grunion, Fathom, Aloha Sculpin and Pineapple Sculpin, which by the way, is one of the finalists in our bring it back bracket. Have you guys voted? Yes, we did. Oh, yeah. of good, good, good. Yeah, it's getting it's it's getting close. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give anybody any ideas. So um, we got beer to go at all of our San Diego locations and Long Beach Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, be sure to call or email ahead with your order, and we'll get it set for curbside pickup. We're doing everything that we can to keep you safe, to keep us safe, to keep everybody safe, uh, but still uh allow everybody to enjoy the hard work that we're putting into this all the qc is not being done in vain people people are still able to enjoy some of our beer going out there and getting it and if you're not coming to our spot please go to somebody else's spot drink local even if that's not your mo uh for the rest of your uh beer drinking life after this Right now is definitely a good time to to be supporting local local restaurants local breweries um it, just just go out there and be safe but but go out there and, and, and show some love 
This was really rad. And before we go and I say goodbye, we are going to do a yeah, dog. Are you prepared for a yeah, dog? Does everybody have the proper equipment? It's really just a beer and a glass. I think I do. In old school ballast point tradition, we are going to send everybody off with a good old beer shot. Yeah, dog. Lauren, Matt, thank you so much. Everything that you guys are doing for the company is, you know, it's, it's what makes us a world-class company. It's really what makes us a world-class brewery. We can't do it without you. Chewy, you're the man and you're making, you're enhancing our, our beer with your delicious food. So thank you to that. All right, guys. Cheers. 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 Yeah, dog. <laughs>